Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy. All you gotta do is trust me. Johnny G, joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. And joining me in the High and Mighty studios for the Frice time, once, not once, not twice, not thrice, but Feist? <laughs> Completing the quartet of stories about it's why four, we're assholes four. is, guys, I got from Pot Humor, Improv for Humans, and a little place called UCB, Matt Besser. Yeah, what would it be? Why we're assholes? I'd like to think of something more positive yes uh, there's got to be a positive version but like let, i was saying we could we could i just looked through the chart and you were on an episode doing pranks yeah then another episode doing vandalism yeah then another episode doing confrontation yeah. and now we're doing house parties yeah. which weirdly is, can feature the previous three yeah, topics. i was about to say the first three are a little more aggressive yeah this is like but, but this is where right. this behavior is fostered it is. And, and I'd say just about every one of my stories will dovetail into being, being arrested or something. <laughs> yeah, all my best house party stories it's are It's not like, being an asshole. That's what I'm saying per se. It's, uh, and I'm not saying it's positive. No, it's like, uh, it's usefully toxic. <laughs> Well, I was saying it could be a sequel to the Anarchist Cookbook, but that that's a little different too. Uh, oh man, do you remember when you first read that thing and how, like, the tennis ball full of match heads? Me and my friends were like, "This we're gonna do," and yeah. we tried to do like three times and I never. Think worked. I discovered that on my own. <laughs> I didn't even need that cookbook. I didn't even need I'm the- like, if I put all these matches in a small area, something good's gonna happen. <laughs> Glad I'm out in the middle of the desert. Weird. You have like a serial killer origin story, but that puts you on the trajectory for like comedy instead of like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I used to do pranks to squirrels as a child. <laughs> this goes back to vandalism episode, but uh, we used to stay in this resort every summer for a week and they, in the, the matches for the res- resort, 
were stored in some storage closet that we knew how to get into. And we just grab a whole fucking brick (laughs) of matches and just take it out in the desert. When you're a kid, lighters and matches are like, you're like, we have something like, you're like, Oh, we're going to do a sleepover at Joey's house. Oh, cool. We're 13. It's like, Joey has a lighter. It's like, fuck, we got our whole (laughs) night as planned. (laughs) You guys ever put a lighter under a battery? Like, you know, you're just like, what can we, what can we light on fire? It's like, I made a, I I filled a paper lunch bag with crab apples. It's like, let's light it up and see what happens. (laughs) But this is house party. This starts out positive, right? Yes. It's not aggressive. At least to begin with. I think house parties, especially like when thinking when you say it, you think about like high school kids throwing mm-hmm. them, right? I, mm-hmm. Although they are really popular in college as well. Uh, I've had them all. Th- I was going to include, if I may, just show you the chapters of my house party. So there's high school and your parents' house. Yeah, and your friends' parents' houses and whatever. Then there's, <laughs> then there's also high school to college where there's like this dude. He's just graduated. But it's not in college. But he has this fucking house down by the community, co- you know, yeah. like some seedy co- house that that you're loosely connected to. Yeah, or it's like, like a punk house or yeah. kind of a squat house, kind of nasty and just a fucking wreck. Then there's college, <laughs> and uh, then there's after college. When I was in Chicago, my I lived in this house there that was the party house, the big blue house we called it. And, uh, uh, and then, also and there's UCB. I'd consider the final chapter. It of the is house like having party. a house party that everyone yeah. can share. Like it was like that. Cause you didn't need a house party for new year's Eve. Cause you would go to UCB. Yeah. Um, I'll throw in one more type of house party in there. Mm-hmm. The summers and winters yes. home from college yes, yes, where yes. your parents are sort of know that you're drinking all the time now. So it's like a little bit more adults. Like, oh, where- oh, I thought you were saying, uh, like I have a, I stayed on Martha's Vineyard for a summer and we had a house there. Oh shit. That's a, that's a whole, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Let I'm me th- get to that at some point. Yeah, for sure. That's right. In my wheelhouse beaches and house parties. No, I'm saying more like, uh, you're allowed to party. You're leaving. You're going back from college to your hometown. Yes, Everyone I else is. It. And they're I like, Hey, this guy I know from college who also lives in our hometown is having a party. And then you're in like that weird, like you're going to it like it's a college party, but mm-hmm. it's your, but you, uh, walk home and sleep in your mom's, yeah, like you sleep in your childhood bedroom. Too, yeah. yeah. There was an element of that where like I made friends from long Island in college. And then over the summer, they'd be like, Hey, my friend who I know from high school, who you don't know is having this party mm-hmm. on long Island, but you're my college friend. Let's go. And then everyone's got their college games and their college attitudes that they're bringing to the energy of a high school party. And oh, I found that to be really fun. It's yeah. like, Oh, at my college, our beer pong rules is a bounce is a double cup. And it's like, Oh, bounce is an automatic win but you can block you know like and you're like okay well let's discuss are we playing fucking Loyola rules or Marist rules (laughs) I brought uh, yeah here's my here's my uh, my macro thought on house parties and how it might have formed my personality for better and for worse in a whole generation including Supreme Court Justice uh, Kavanaugh I think I might have discussed this with you before, but I feel like the movie Animal House kind of produced in a negative way uh, a lot of the toxic masculinity that you don't recognize as a kid. Since I was a little white boy, it doesn't occur to you like, oh, this 
This this movie isn't celebrating women or the it's woman's ha- point of view. It's weird or, to watch now. Right, right. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, hugely. <laughs> then you just see it as a. It's just a party. You're like, look at how f- cool these dudes are. They're like, it's having it's fun in the face of authority to be. Right, exactly. And then there was uh, sixteen candles. The party in that. Uh, what's another good party movie around that time? Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I feel like there was like a few. Those right. those were after Animal House, but like that's that's my growing up is like seventies to early eighties, and there were a bachelor party. There's a lot of like party movies, right? You know yeah, where I mean? it's or, like or movies that one of the big set pieces was a big party. I feel like you see that a lot now too with like. Uh, I feel like they're so the lame high school, now. Yes, the high school movies are like, we got to be ready for the, like a book smart or uh, good boys. It's like, there's a party this that we're going to. We got to be ready for this party. So many of those seem corny. And maybe it's because I've now I'm past that. And I know what real parties are. And right. I'm not a guy who hasn't partied watching on a screen. So maybe I don't have that perspective anymore. But anyway, I think so many people went... Into high school, when you're in high school, you feel like you're training for college. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to prove I can party. So when I enter college, I'm Mr. Party. I, I mean, will, it's so immature. But I that, will that's say what, I, roll, I rolled into college with four years of drinking experience. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like everyone's 18, blacking out for the first time. And I'm like, bro, I've, I puked a whole night and still like went home and made eye contact with my mom. Like, I'm ready to rock. <laughs> the way other people entering college with a... Sports scholarships. I had a quarter scholarship as far as I was concerned. <laughs> I quarters rolled, was your game in height. Oh yeah. I, I was I so bad. Thumper and quarters, but quarters, I have this nice straight Jewish nose. It makes a nice ramp to roll the quarter down. And I, I would bring that out. <laughs> and it's so great when you're playing like a bunch of like football player type big guys. And uh, who can drink more than you, but you're just good at the game. with the quarters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's, you know, that was my self-esteem. That's where I found it. <laughs> oh, I know all too well. Of like, I, I went away. I started drinking in high school and I was very good at like chugging and consuming because I was very good at chugging chocolate milk and soda with my friends or whatever as all part of, because <coughs> like house parties when you're house, the original house party I think is like you're a little late in life sleepover when you do like a sleepover with your friends at like 13 or 14 Mm. and you're like, you're kind of getting into the age. You're like, we're going to sleep at the dude's house whose mom doesn't know we sneak out. We're going to like, we have like, weird things that we're into now. Cause we're like a little older and porn. it's like, we're going to talk about porn. We're going to talk about girls. We're going to talk about, and I feel like that's the first element of house party where it's like the boys are getting together, Interesting. But, but then you do get a little shady. And then the, how the graduation is you get to house parties when you're in high school and you're like, I didn't drink until I didn't drink really till high school. Like I had some, stories here and there, but never like serious party drinker. So yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't have a story about having a bottle of whiskey with, as a 13 year old, right. that, that was porn. Really. It was like, let's climb in the closet, go through this huge stack of your dad's porn. <laughs> right, like, right. That would be more of the house party at that yeah, age. Por- yeah, exactly. Even cause when, uh, like a 12 year old sleepover, you're not getting alcohol necessarily, unless you like are sneaking tank array into a I was too good boy. I didn't even want that. 
Oh yeah, no, we, I don't even think I was aware of that. Or I got drunk that. for the first time at a bar mitzvah, like which was like seventh uh-huh. grade. But then uh, ninth grade is when it started every Friday and Saturday night until yeah. I, until I was twenty five. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, it was, my high school started in tenth grade, not ninth. Did you start in ninth? Ninth, yeah. You yeah, guys, so your middle school was seventh, eighth, ninth, or yeah. like okay, yeah. So I didn't start till tenth grade, but then I started like a fucking pro. <laughs> no red shirt, no red shirt season. <laughs> Going in hot off a hot high school season. Yeah. And it's, and it's something like when you can get acceptance from older kids for your ability to like party, there's nothing better. And older kids, unfortunately, it's not as much peer pressure that like the schools teach you. It's more the pressure that comes from within to impress kids that you've put on a pedestal for whatever reason. You're like, Oh, yeah. Kevin, he's like a senior and he's fucking cool as hell. He just, he just said like, Holy shit. Could you see Gabers can chug, chug another one Gabers. And you're like, you got it, Kevin. And they're and all yeah. of a sudden the older kids or the older girls are like, Whoa, look who can party. And, and if you're, if you're me and super skinny, and you can hold your own because I could chug too. I could open up the back of my throat. <laughs> you have that chugging epiphany eventually, like oh, you do it like this. Yeah, you just pour it. You're like you make your uh, your head into a bucket. Think of it that way. <laughs> you just lean back and just pour and hope you can swallow fast enough, and you usually can. We called those boat races. Did you oh call yeah, that, and then you flip too? it and put it on your head at the yeah. end. Yeah, that that I learned in you. rugby. We and that was a big rugby event. You would go like five guys from each team or eight guys, however many you can get, right. and do the boat race. Right. Yeah. But house party to me started in high school when my parents go on vacation and uh, we party at my house and. Uh, I had both a great house for partying and a terrible house. My dad is an art collector. He's an art collector. <laughs> that's all I could think about. I mean, that's a premise for a fucking yeah. episode of a TV show. Dude. It's like having a house party at a gallery. So we all know risky business. I left that one out. Oh yeah. That's, that's a great the best one. one. Yeah, yeah. Best example. But remember how it ends where they're coming back. Aren't they coming back from the airport? And he has that, there's like that crystal or something. Oh, right. And he's, there's like one last thing that's going to be. he like, sli- he has his socks on. He's like sliding into place and he puts <laughs> the crystal in right as they open the door. Am I miss? Am I? We might be conflating two scenes from the movie. Oh, okay. Right. But, uh, but yes. He's well, I know he does the good times rock and roll with the socks. <laughs> right, but, right. But I feel like he slides into place. He just right gets something last on. Yeah, yeah. I had that ex- almost exact same thing happen to me. <laughs> With, the with like one of your dad's like shrunken head paintings. Or it, was, it was an Indian, it was an American, uh, <laughs> Native American Indian pipe. Uh, there goes our SNL show. Oh no. <laughs> now they'll definitely won't take us on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> they rejected me like I didn't do times. the voice of the pipe. <laughs> So, uh, so it's like, it was a, like a, a native American yes, pipe, like a, like a fucking skull. hundred year old pipe. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know this about Besser, his dad was a huge art collector, kept like all of his money pretty much in art. Yes. Right? Well, in debt and art. Yeah. If, if you go, go to, to story. <laughs> yeah, if you go to Besser's house or most of uh, the UCB sunset, you see fucking awesome, awesome pieces. And guess, <laughs> and, and guess who owns uh, uh, those pipes now? Old Matty B. The, those survived. <laughs> so saving it back then, little did you know that it would eventually. I eventually got that. It's very pipe. But there's no fucking way my dad even wanted us touching anything, much less smoking out of it. Wait, you smoked out of the pipe? Yes. Oh, 
So we had a party, but like <laughs> you had an ancient Indian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better thing for a movie than the crystal right. egg. Um, That's some shit where like the, everyone gets like powers or something. Exactly. <laughs> everyone starts dying through the night. But how would uh, how could you not smoke out of that pipe? Right. How you're could just we have getting a party into it. Yeah. Just have a bunch of pipes sitting around and that's not smoke. <laughs> So, uh, another thing was, so what, when we'd have parties, I'd try to keep it in my room and my brother's room and the basement, and which that's didn't a- have art and the kitchen. So all the, like the four rooms and everything else I had taped off like a goddamn museum. Like I had like just a string. So it was just honor code of just, it's like, please don't go, don't go, don't go in into that. this room at all. Yeah. We got plenty of rooms here and these weren't hundred person parties. These were, I know everybody. Right. There, right. So you weren't like, never dicks. got like the out of hand where you're like, who are these no, eight guys this from is out of 20 town? to 40? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'd never have uh, the whole school comes right. party. But have you ever, did you ever go to one of those parties where you're yes. like, they definitely don't want me here, but uh, four of my friends are gone. Like, we're, no, <laughs> I was never that loser. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine that. No, frankly. I mean like where you're not really invited to the house party, but you know, a lot of people at school are crashing. Oh, it is what well, I've I done meant. worse than that. I feel like I've almost said this in another one of these podcasts. Where you went to someone's holiday party with, yes, with just Raj. Yeah. <laughs> There was a few Christmases where we just walked into parties. <laughs> we tried to do that with like, we, like Torco. Whenever we're on the road, there was yeah. like, a, like a wedding or a function at the yeah. hotel or whatever. You'd be like, "All right, guys, we're gonna try to walk into this wedding tonight at the holiday." Yeah, and- I love that. <laughs> yeah, sense of danger in that. <laughs> no, back to my house party. So oh, yeah, yeah. So they came. I'm, I'm trying to set up the risky business ending. So we would do this cleanup with my best friends. It'd be like, okay, you guys have to help me clean up if we're going to have this party. So it'd be like air out the smoke, get rid of the beer cans. Don't have it in our fucking garbage cans. So yeah. Put, put it in the, the dumpster garbage. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone's got to drive around with, in their trunk with a fucking bag of cans in their trunk until they see yeah. a dumpster. Yeah. Uh, vacuum the whole place, make it cleaner than when they fucking left. And it was one of those things I knew my parents were drive. Like I knew, okay, they landed and it's an hour drive from the airport or whatever it was, 45 minutes. And I knew guys, we got 45 minutes and it's still not clean. And we're all running around like mice, uh, cleaning up. My dad's coming and I hear him pull in the driveway. I'm on the second floor. I see the Indian pipe and it still has weed in it. And the, where it is displayed is downstairs, right where you, when you walk in. Like in in the foyer. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm fucked. But my dad has so much art. I'm like, will he notice it? Dude, he was in the house fucking a half hour. Where's the uh, the blah 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 pipe from the pipe collection? I'm like, oh my fucking god! I'm cleaning it out. Meanwhile, upstairs with soap and water and shit. <laughs> I bring downstairs. I fucking throw one of my friends under the bus. I go, oh, you know him. He must have smoked. I had them over here for five minutes this weekend. He must have gotten high out of it. Then like two hours later, one of those strings I told you about, <laughs> I've forgotten to take down. It's still up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hanging from a doorknob. And my dad goes, what's this? <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to say? 
Um, uh, Lily, my dog at the time, li- I put a bone on the end of the string and I was playing a game with Lily where I'd shut the door and my dad's looking at me like I'm a fucking nut or that I'm a complete liar. I don't know, but I never got busted, dude. I'm, and in retrospect, it's amazing to me. I never got busted. Now, like I, I can't believe they never figured it out. Here's something I'm. Here's a that they knew and didn't say it. That's I'm in this mindset lately because you're 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 a dad now. Your daughter's still young, but you can always tell when she's lying. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that doesn't go away when you're 13 or 14. And also, I told her that too. She lied to me the other day about she fed the dog and she's not supposed to like popcorn. And I saw the dog on crazy i'm like did you just feed hula popcorn um no she's just licking her lips she's so fucking funny her her lies are so cute yeah and i'm like sydney i can tell a lie and i will always be able to tell when you lie i was like setting the table for life yeah i got bad news for you Sid. like my dad used to say to me every like all the time when i lied as a kid can't bullshit a bullshitter that was like mm-hmm. his big thing. I told every lie before you even told it. So I already know. <laughs> like that was his big thing. And it was, I believe in hindsight, because I remember now, now that I'm an adult and I see my friends, kids or hear my friends talking about their, even their 12 year olds. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, no shit. You're having a house. I know what you guys are all doing at Danielle's house or whatever, you know? And you're like, oh my God. And then you're like, did my parents know the whole time? And had to like sometimes put their foot down and be like, all right, you cross or like I hear you. Because I would come home drunk and be like, I was playing manhunt. And my mom would be like, Oh, really? Okay. You were playing the tag in the neighborhood with the boys, be like drunk and like sweaty. And I'm like, uh huh. And she's like, Okay. And I wonder, I wonder if they knew. Like, I wonder if they were like, if we're gonna if he's gonna have parties, I'd rather him be scared to make sure that nothing goes wrong when he does Uh. have them. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not speaking on behalf of your parents. I don't know, but I just think more parents knew and cause they went through it. They did it too. And they sort of, Oh, yeah. my dad was such a troublemaker, but I bet he never had a house party. My he dad was never too busy out in the fucking streets causing <laughs> trouble. My dad never had a house party because his came from an abusive home. So it would be awful. To, yeah, and also like my, my, I, you talk about your parents going away. I wish my parents, my parents never went away without mm-hmm. us because uh, I was the oldest. So like they didn't even like, couldn't go anywhere without us until we were like fucking, I was 16 or 17. Yeah. There was always a solid week. They would go away. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Count on that once a year. And, and my brother and I get in fights too. Cause he'd be like, you can't party in my room with your friends. I'm like, I am going to party in your room. There's nothing you can do about it. Is he your it. younger brother? Yeah. <laughs> so the hierarchy of the hierarchy of brothers is so great. We're like, the most reasonable request is you can't have your friends partying in my bedroom. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, the, and there's a little logic in that growing up, I had, a slightly bigger room. Yeah. When I went to college, he took over my room. Same thing. So, I had the- so in my <laughs> mind, it was my room. So I'm uh, like, and it was where I'd partied up till when I left. Uh, so I was like, Mm-mm, no. we've always partied in this room. We're still going to party in this room. That's funny that I had the exact same situation. Like uh, the house we moved into when we were 13 had an extension where the master was upstairs. And that's where my mom and dad stayed. But 
I had the old master bedroom, so I had like a big ass bedroom. And the second I went away to college, they moved my brother in and put me in this fucking rinky dink room with like a fucking treadmill. <laughs> I I that's just a, uh, I <laughs> I uh, got in a fight with my brother over partying in his room, and he said he was gonna tell my parents I smoked pot, and then I said I was gonna. Uh, tell on him and kick his ass and he took a wooden spoon we were in the kitchen and he cracked it over my head and uh my and my head started bleeding profusely because it was like a crack right here on the top oh and i had to go to the emergency room and get stitches and it was the day before my parents came back and so and i had a hospital bill and all this shit (laughs) and just like that stupid excuse that i just gave for the string i lily and i were playing under the dining room table as to not rat your brother out yes Uh. and i stood because then he would have ratted me out right right and i stood (laughs) up it's like a mutual destruction like the nuclear thing it's like i won't do a nuke strike because you have so much dirt on me we can't do it to each other it's like if I he, I if you die we all die on yeah. me if I drop the stitches on him. So I told him I'd stu- I'd been under a dining room table and stood up, <laughs> like I'd forgotten I was under a table. Your parents are like, we got to talk. Lily is a real troublemaker. <laughs> you really play with Lily in an advanced way. <laughs> Should we be concerned about Matthew? He's constantly playing. Why don't you just throw the ball in the yard like everybody else. I'm in my late 30s, and I'm luckily holding on to some of my hair, but. of men, two-thirds of all men lose their hair by age 35. And once it's thinning, it can be too late. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots? Do you want a bald spot to pop up or your hairline recede, or do you want to do something about it? Because you got to act soon. And I highly recommend 4hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. But we're going to be talking about the hair loss uh, stuff today. It's not snake oil pills, not gas. You don't have to, like... Spread some putty on your head like you are a Chia pet or something like that. We're talking just prescription solutions backed by science. These are, uh, you know, generic versions of prescription drugs. You're getting them from a real doctor. Look, Hims has been featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, Playboy, all the big men's magazines. It connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. And it's all confidential and discreet. You don't have to go wait and sit in the waiting room and sign your name and fill out a thousand pieces of paperwork just to get some prescriptions to keep your hair on your head. So do yourself a favor and order now. My listeners can get started with him's complete hair kit for just $5 today, right now while supplies last and subject to doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or pharmacy somewhere else. Go to forhims.com slash mighty. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash mighty. Forhims.com slash mighty for $5 today right now while supplies last. Also, there's like that weird thing with high school parties, too, where you can't fully party in the yard, which would be the safest place, because then your neighbors would be like, so I thought you guys were in Florida and Maddie B was having a party. That's the other thing I don't understand, because there are there's not that many cars parked out there as there are when there's a party. 
we're still cranking the fucking music. How did my neighbors never narc on me? Yeah. I guess that's one of those things too. Like if you don't actually buy, like until someone goes on, like takes a piss in their shrubs or something like that, you know, yeah, as long like, as they're just well like, enough, let's not even not engage. Business. Exactly. That's how I would be as a neighbor. But then it's like, you know, my fucking wife needs to sleep, dude. I got to tell you not to do this. I'm yeah. not going to tell your fucking parents you're throwing yeah, a party. that dude is probably cheating on his wife. He's like, I'm not going to fucking say you. Yeah, like the, again, the mutual. The same yeah. time. He's like, hey, I'm going to tell your parents you're having a party. It's like, I'm going to tell your uh, wife that I've seen a Beamer parked here two <laughs> nights a week. <laughs> the guy on the other side was practically dead, so he wasn't <laughs> speaking at all. <laughs> yeah, we never had house parties at my house, mm. even if like... Cause my mom and dad worked weird hours because, uh, they didn't have nine to fives. So like there were possible nights where we could just have a people over, but my dad was insane. Like so precise. And so he knew where everything was always. And he would like come home and like check the house out every oh, yeah. night. He was like a complete OCD. Like in hindsight, he clearly had like major anxiety and OCD knowing anything about that. That was manifesting itself through like some sort of insane. And so you couldn't do shit. You, he would come home and be like, did you have a turkey sandwich today? And be like, yeah. He's like, okay. Okay. It's like just demonstrating that he knew that there was less turkey in the package than there was previously. <laughs> and you're like, I can't fuck. You can't fuck. You know, like there's that joke stereotype that like dads can tell if you move the thermometer one degree left yeah. or right on the heater. Yeah. And it's like, my dad was like that where he's like, come home and you'd hear him be like, Oh, okay. And like move something back to where it was. Well, I'm like that. <laughs> I, I can tell. Cause I'm more, or I don't think I'm OCD though. It doesn't drive me crazy. I don't think. It doesn't, yeah, I guess that's. But I observe like, like when my wife does something that she's not normally the person in charge of, I can always tell. Right. You're like, did you try to pay the babysitter? Because the, the envelope is like, you know, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's like me and Tiff. I'm like, hey, um, I'll I'm write the town, rent check. Or yeah, I'm, I'm out of town the for three days and whatever. The, um, you can just tell when plugged in writer, right. you know, or the, <laughs> like, did you unplug my computer to plug exactly. in an iron yeah, and never switch it back or all my windows are locked. I'm like, I never <laughs> lock my windows in my office and a hundred feet up, a hundred feet up. And you're always keep getting it, opening it to fucking burn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I know I'm not logging it cause I'm constantly, up. that's why I'm always like, Tiff, don't even bother closing the blinds in here. I'm just constantly blazing in this office. Just let it happen happen um did you ever overlapping our original topic with our current topic you ever pull any pranks at house party like i used to take remote controls which i thought was like the uh. funniest thing and then like at the end of like junior year of high school i'd have like 12 Dude, let me tell let me tell you <laughs> some crazy ones um there was this guy who died because he was so fucking crazy that all of us started out with in chicago his name was rick roman and, uh, and we all considered, like, I start out with Adam McKay and Brett Walsh and Horatio Sands. And it's like, it's like, it's like when the, when the good athletes from the high school, you're the best athlete at your high school. And then you go to college and you're with all the, they were the best athletes at their high school. So we we were the best crazy people where we came from. And like, then you all connected in Chicago, yeah. bringing all your own like 
I'm the crazy one out of my friend yeah, group. It's I'm like, a, me too. I'm the craziest motherfucker <laughs> from Arkansas. Well, I'm the craziest mother. Like, believe me, I, it's immature and it's our self-esteem. Thinking, I get it. But that's where we were at in our early 20s in Chicago. It makes so, uh, That was me coming to New York. I was, They were like, this is the guy who parties the hardest from whatever. But my, this the, guy, Rick, as much as we were all fucking nuts. And I saw Horatio. We once went to a party where Horatio started a bonfire in the middle of this woman's wooden floor <laughs> with just paper in his pocket. And when she asked why we said, cause we were poured. Fire, one, fire, the, the fire obsession never goes away. This one, well, this, this next guy, one time Walsh was having a party he had a lot of parties in Chicago at his apartment and uh, in Chicago, you'd be out on these. It was all about being out on the back porch. And if you read about it, a lot of those back porches would fucking collapse. Yeah. There's so like many a people f- being famous, on like high school party that the yeah, thing collapsed. It happened at. a lot. People That's died a lot in the one you're talking about, but yes. it happened a lot where people didn't die. Just so from like a not, bunch of, just like too many people hanging out on the back deck of their house. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Cause oh. it's where you'd, it, it's how the apartments were structured. So you'd have these big uh, parties out on back decks and way too many people on them. We're sm- all of a sudden we smell smoke at one of Walsh's parties. And we're like, what is that? What's burning? And this guy, Rick had just set a dumpster on fire. When you hear dumpster fires, this guy literally set a dumpster on fire. Like I do crazy shit, but I would never do that. Yeah, like, that's I a feel lot. like that might set the whole building on fire. I just wouldn't go that far. Right, right, right. Like another part we went to, and this is one of these ones we I'm gonna drop some names just because it's kind of funny in retrospect, but this was Kate Walsh's friends party. She invited uh, I believe it was like Adam McKay and then Adam invited all the rest of us. So we were like third. We tier. were so tangentially <laughs> Six invited. degrees of separation. <laughs> and we walked in it like it was going to be a, uh, you know, animal house kind of party. Like we always wanted to create. And it was like this very refined kind of Frasier kind of guy, like uh, a guy with high taste, let's say. <laughs> A guy with, you know, architecture digest on the guy who drinks, coffee table. A guy who drinks wine at like 22. Exactly. Where he's like, oh, you don't know what a Malbec is? So he was having a very refined party. <laughs> and you guys, the misfits show. <laughs> and at some point, I'm wondering, did I tell these stories on your prank show? Your uh, prank thing now. I'll, I'll know. Um, but we look up, or we don't look up. The host looks up and he goes, <laughs> Where's my swordfish? <laughs> he had this giant, like, like you see in fucking seafood like a restaurants. Mar- yeah, like a big yeah. swordfish. Yeah, like uh, how how long are those? They're like five feet long, yeah. right? Yeah. This motherfucker, Rick, had taken the swordfish just off the wall and walked out of the apartment, just stolen it. He left. It. Yeah, Showed there, weren't, up and and there the- weren't even many people there. This was probably like a 40 person party. And this guy got, so, as rightfully so, where's my swordfish? And we all just start laughing because we know it's Rick. It could only be Rick. You know, this is before cell phones and shit like that. So we're like, to calm this guy down, we're like, we'll call. So we're calling Rick. And like the next day, we find out he'd gotten on the Chicago L with the swordfish. And gone all the way, like all the way across town back to his house. <laughs> and then we had to fucking return the guy's swordfish. 
in the morning, like on the L, <laughs> knock, knock on the door. Hey, I got to run to work, but here's your swordfish back. Yeah. <laughs> so is that a prank? It's just being a fucking that's, asshole. That's between prank and vandalism and house yeah, party. It fits in there. In there. Yeah, it's and not... arguably confront- confrontation as oh, well. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, I have a certain degree, a special uh, stylized uh, um, party, house party shit, too, because when I was a beach lifeguard, it was a mix of adults. And I, I think I just recently told this on another podcast, but I'll tell you real quick because there's this theory I have. Everyone that was a Jones Beach lifeguard was either a high school kid, like a, an older high school kid because you had to be 17, a college kid, a uh, a teacher, a fireman or a cop. So these are like all party cultures. And the teachers were all teachers who became teachers so that they could continue to lifeguard. You know, like all these guys I know changed their major junior year to be like, I'm going to teach English so I can have summers off. So that vibe Mm. is like 35 year old firefighter having the rookie party at his house. And like Uh, knowing that 18 and 19, it's a little scary. It's a little scary. And then it, it changes the tone a little bit because there's like grownups who are promoting the party in a way. And it's like, Mm. I've been, you know, you get, are they hooking up with 18-year-old girls? No. There's like, because there's a, there's like a weird... There's a code there. There's sort of like a weird... Fi- I mean, there's there's a code there, and then there's like a couple of sketchy dudes ruining everything. Uh, right. Obviously, we're like, I don't want to go hang out with him. He hits on me too much or whatever. I'm happy to say that as much as Animal House and everything else I talked about, the movie were sex, drugs, and rock and roll... I was just drugs and rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Like, I missed out on the whole. <laughs> yeah, I was like drinking and shenanigans. I was never really. Yeah. <laughs> I never did like, any of the. Like, that's I, a big part of those movies, too, like scoring, but that that was never that part was sort of, of my like, party stories. <laughs> yeah, sort of not, not, uh, not as easy as movie. <laughs> I have a flip side of that really being on the wrong side of that story was uh, you talk about being pranked. To me, I had a. We had the party house. In college, and in fact, it was from the old um, fraternity system that Animal House was based on. You know, I went to Amherst College, and that was it was based on Dartmouth and Amherst and Williams and those whole kind of like small the Ivy sort of, League. Yeah. Those kind of fraternities having parties, so those fraternities took pride in that too, and really pushed it. And a lot of them pushed it way too far and got banned. Yeah. Alcohol poisoning, rape, death—just everything. Yeah, I, I remember like when I was in college, a college kid fell off the roof that got like drunk at a hazing and died. And it's God, like, yeah, the hate. I didn't even say that. Yeah, the hazing and just really awful shit. Like those those fraternities became toxic, but they came banned from uh, at Amherst College. But then the college bought all those houses and, and turned them into dorms. So we were in an old fraternity house. And a lot of the dorms were just old fraternity houses. Uh, so they were still perfect. They're still party 12 houses. bedroom houses or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I lived in a dorm house two years or a, a frat house two years, my junior and senior year. Uh, a really sweet, awesome old house, not like a just weren't, college weren't, dorm. Yeah. That was like uh, my senior year. Uh, nine of us lived in like a two family home. 
and we were yeah, it's so cool. And, it, and we were like, we had two kitchens, four bathrooms, yeah, and we it's were so much better. You feel control of your life a little yeah. bit more. We became like a fraternity, but without like everyone would be like, you want to go to the Sunset Guys' house because we lived on ninety five Sunset, right? And it would always it's funny that I always have to say like, oh, I'm a Sunday night I'm at Sunset UCB because right. that was what we used to say. All it's like parties at Sunset tonight. Like all oh, the Sunset boys are gonna come through, and that was awesome. We were so much pride to be that, and it was they like we were practically our house by its frat name, which was TD. Oh, and, so you're still and, in the TD house. Well, I lived in Seligman, but no one called it Seligman. People called it TD still. To uh, the chagrin yeah. of the college. Marist had a couple of small fraternities and then like a fraternity that was off campus. Like that was just like, they got banned, but they kept going and just not officially part of the school. Yeah, they, and people would our, still our, pledge ours it. Did too, but it's kind of a joke. And it's like, why would you be in a like an illegal fraternity? I was in two fraternities, so it was a joke. <laughs> it was like I was in AD, also known as all drugs, and you basically did a mushroom hike, and you're in the frat, and that's all I did. That was that the initiation. Was like my only yeah. part of being in that frat. <laughs> yeah, so it was bullshit. Mostly. I didn't, I didn't do fraternity, but rugby was that a little bit because it was a club sport and we had like initiation and we would throw like rugby parties and there was a rugby house and like- I wanted to be in rugby just so I could party and I, <laughs> I think I've told you this I played one <laughs> practice of rugby and a guy tackled me I think almost to let me know you have no part <laughs> yeah, don't just think the- your skinny body can be on our team <laughs> just a heads up this is gonna be hurt this is gonna be painful and he tackled me once I was like alright I'm not doing this anymore I'll, see, I'll at see you at the bar <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but let me finish my story. So oh, yeah, I yeah. was, so we had this house TD and we're having the party one time. And like I said, sex is not part of my stories. I'm not hooking up in high school at all in college. Barely. This is one of the few nights I am hooking up at my own party. Uh, and I can say that cause it happens so few times. It sticks <laughs> out my memories. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm hooking up this woman who I've dated, uh, you know, a while at this point and, uh, but not hooked up with. So it's a big night for me is what I'm trying to say. Knock, knock, knock. Guys, not now. Go away. Knock. I figure they want me to party, chug, yeah. smoke a joint. Or like they know, oh, Maddie's in there. Hey. Like just, that's the most. I'm giving them enough credit that they're not doing that. Uh, my so friends. I'm letting them know. I don't know how I let them know, but I was like, guys, be cool. <laughs> you know. She's in here. There's a lady present. <laughs> and they knew I was dating. So, so, uh, so eventually I opened the door. Guys, what the fuck, man? And they're like, uh, best you need to come out here. And they have these look on their face. Like something's really fucked up. I'm like, what, 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 what? Can't this wait till the morning? Nah, dude, you, you got to come out here. And we're up on the second floor of this house and we go to the bathroom, the second floor. And there's a towel dispenser has been ripped off the, uh, side of the wall and I'm like why do I care like this sucks we're gonna have to pay for it but why are you telling me now the window's open this person has ripped the talisbenser off the wall thrown it out the window and it's gone through the uh window <laughs> from the windshield of my car <laughs> which I'm renting just for the weekend as a joke because my, my real car, which was a piece of shit was being repaired and the repair shop had fucked up on my car. So they had offered me any rental car from their fleet 
So I'd gotten this big old Lincoln Town car <laughs> as a joke. Because we never drive anywhere at my college. You could walk everywhere. So I just parked it. <laughs> I didn't even need it to drive anywhere. So I literally just took it from the repair shop. Just to see your friends see you drive. Just so they could see me drive this huge black town car Lincoln. And this dude threw up out his Spencer through the windshield the first night I had it. I was so pissed. And and he was ended up being this guy named Pudlow, which I've since put his name into UCB scenes. But uh, <laughs> he was on the baseball team and um, he was going to kick my ass because I was like, you got to pay for this. He's like, oh, uh-uh, it was a party, dude. And like there was this whole. It's almost a, uh, it's almost a defensible stance. Yeah, there was like- this whole <laughs> argument at another party that me and my friends had with him and his friends of like, hey, man, it's a party. That's just what happens at a party. And me go, no, dude, you vandalized our house <laughs> right. and my car. Right, yeah. Pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> like if you fucking spill a full beer or you like. Yes. You like. Uh, or fall so- over on something and something breaks. Yeah, maybe but if you okay. rip something off. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even mad at you for the towel rack or the bathroom window i'm talking about <laughs> my car i saw a dude on laughing gas uh go around a party this is in chicago and i think i've told you this story but he was like one for you one for me one for you one for me with a big circle of people which folks just let it go around the circle don't do every other hit or your no. brain's gonna go away no it's bad but and he fell do over try. <laughs> he fell over like he just his I think he just passed out and went through a, a, a glass uh, oh. coffee table. Oh. It was the most brilliant moment because like everyone hated this guy because he was going. It was just like, dude, pass it around. Just don't go every other thing to yourself. And then when he just went through that fucking coffee table, it was like, (laughs) that's party karma, dude. Yeah, you to watch party karma instantly acted out like that. Whoever's house that was. Oh, man. Some dude just fucking fell through my fucking fucking Chris Farley. (laughs) Uh, At one Jones Beach uh, rookie party. Uh, me and my buddy cooked forks in a barbecue and then pressed them into our ass to brand our asses. <laughs> and we like Are they still branded. No, it cleared up his too. It's really funny because we had, we had to like sit on our towels at the stand for like a, a week because we really fucked them up. So it just looks like a fork. It looks like head of like, well, a- it, it was supposed to look like four lines. Cause we, uh, and then when we, uh, we did it, we both were so fucked up. I was like, I don't know if you did mine for long enough. And so we both did it again uh, on top of, and we were just so shit faced and we thought it was so funny that we were branding. Our, and, I, I, and now in hindsight, like I see the, like my whip pan around everyone and everyone's face is like, what is happening at this party? I had a friend in a frat called the raw dogs. Uh, who they branded their arms, these, these black dudes, and it's fucking nasty fucking brands, man. I feel like I'm, and maybe I'm uh, stereotyping here, but I think the black fraternity thing is uh, often like the Greek letters raised God, with I hope a brand. They still don't do that, but that's yeah. what they're doing in Laroc. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine did it, and I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> is that worth it? Yeah. It's like, it that's feels crazier forever. than a tattoo, right? Yes. It looks <laughs> awful. <laughs> Looks awful. <laughs> um, Seems like, and it's just about partying when it comes down to it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, I, I, I was. It always, wasn't a gang. I was always anti-fraternity, despite sort of living in like that lifestyle. Yeah. Just knowing that you could do it without the fraternity part was always just yeah. like an like. I'm like, oh yeah, rugby is like we have the camaraderie, the brotherhood, but we also have like I don't physical see practice. my personality ever taking a hazing, and I know that's easy to say now, but like even freshman Matt Besser, I don't know if I could have taken. I think I I hope I would have drawn some lines and just not taken it. I don't think I point. I don't think I would have like uh, I have some close friends and family members that went to fraternities and like I heard about like what their mm-hmm. hazing was and shit and it's just like yeah I don't think I think I would have stepped down like I'm you know I I fully embraced the whole 100 shots 100 minutes all that kind of shit. But yeah, I'm like, put me in the, the century, like, get me fucking wasted shit or piss or, or something putting fucking hot sauce or, or pour hot sauce in your butthole. Yeah. Fuck yeah. all that. Yeah. Spend a Ugh. half hour sitting, like go five hours in a basement. Like all that butthole rapey butthole shit. That's just so, I'm glad I was never around any of that. We did. I think I've said this before on a pod, but this is a house party thing for a rugby initiation. We used to do, Ugh. we used to do this thing called fuck the pumpkin. What the fuck? And we would invite the rookies down one by one, like a triumvirate of the senior players or the older yeah. players, or mostly me, because I could keep like lies. Oh, Go- you stick your dick in the pumpkin. Yes. So uh, they'd come down, there'd be a pumpkin with a hole in it, mm-hmm. like a jack-o'-lantern, but one one hole, like a glory hole, and there'd be like condoms and shit on the floor. <laughs> and we'd be like, it's time so to- you have fucked a pumpkin. Well, here's a th- here's the thing. You made it up. The no prank is the, you talk the person into unzipping their fly and starting and to put on a condom say, and then you go like what the motherfucker. fuck are you doing man you you're so gross you were gonna fuck this pumpkin in front of us why don't you just say no even though we like okay, I respect that a little bit and then we'd go and you go upstairs you put your head down and when anyone asks you what happens you pull just, a pumpkin seat out of your dick hole <laughs> yeah you just like give them the like i don't want to talk about it look all right <laughs> <laughs> and we just kept doing it to person after person do you read about like I remember an article about people sticking pine cones up their ass. But that was like some f- football or it was soccer a, fraternity. No, it was a high school football team. And uh, eventually that high school football team sodomized a kid with a golf club and disbanded oh, the football team. My fucking Lord. And the reason I know that. What kind of person would do that? You want to know why I know all that? It was it's my right high there. school. It was really? not, I was like four years after I graduated, but it was my high school that that big controversy. That happened was the at. pine cones? Yeah. That's yet another thing we referenced on the UCB show. I forget. I remember. Because this would have been like 2003 that I happened. dropped that pine cone reference because we were so disgusted by that. It's so It was so fucked up. The, and like it happened at like a uh, football sleepaway camp that they did. And it was so like, funny. It was your <laughs> I'm listing like the grossest thing you could be done in hazing. And of course it happened after. I mean, we did gross shit to each other like. But it was it was all in the guys. I would love the story is that John started all with this fake pine cone thing. <laughs> well, they go, you dirty motherfuckers sticking pine cones in golf clubs. To be honest, Don't do that. I was what four or five years before it, and I def <laughs> I definitely experienced what would be homophobic or you know uh, homoerotic fucking hazing like. Taped over, taped hands over a pipe next to someone. They pull both your pants down. Everyone's got to get in the showers. I gotta and sh- say, I never came around that. And I'm I even in like soccer teams. Even yeah, in so- yeah. yeah, because that's where it was like like high school football. They were like, you know, duct tape you to the to flush your head in the toilet. Duct tape you to the bench naked. It was a lot, and I could see how 
unchecked, that's going to escalate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm and glad I, I didn't see that or hear about it. I don't, I don't know if I, I just, my school's lucked out or what. And I truly don't know, but I don't, I feel like I remember our coaches like being talking so anti-hazing, but then being sort of performatively leaving the locker room, like on the day they knew it was going to mm. happen. I feel like, and then I think they added like uh, an office in the locker room so that like there would be like some sort of observation. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I'd say like, I'm being too good in my, like I've, I've been the, the alcohol hazer, I guess. Yes. Oh yeah. Like if you got a drink, we had something about, it's always about a certain amount of alcohol, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of shots or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, that's so stupid. We would do, but it's fun because you just get such yeah. fucking crazy drunk on the uh, part of our going to hazing stuff. Like the rugby hazing was so, so not any of this because we were like college kids who chose to do this club sport that was an insane time commitment, but only a club sport. So we had like we understood it. everyone was kind of chill. It was mostly about drinking and sort of like light pranks, like. The big drinking thing was you'd match up with someone your size, your rookie year, you'd be duct taped together <laughs> and you would have to do up to 120 seconds of a keg stand between the two of you. Mm. So we'd get you up there and be like, Maddie B, Gabrus, Maddie B, Gabrus, like, all right, you're up to 44, stay here. You've got 80 more seconds or whatever. That yeah, was I'm a big one. I'm wondering when the alcohol point, because you read about that once a year and it seems like that could have easily happened to anything I participated in. But But when I read about like, they're funneling vodka into their assholes or shit like that. I'm like, oh my fucking god! Oh, I never yeah. did that shit. We did, we did not that stuff, but we did like funnel things you're not supposed to like alcohol, like liquor and stuff. Well, but, I did it into my mouth. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Not like into my head. What was that called when you'd fill up a funnel? There was a, word, a phrase for that. Oh, I don't know. What was that? We called? used to. We that had, was hard when you'd fill up a whole funnel. It right. was just called funneling. Right, but there was like a funnel could hold up to three beers or something yeah, like what that. It was. Yeah. And like, including the tube and the thing, you can get up to three beers. Yeah. If you did, if you got rid of yeah, the phone, I did it once I did. There was some dude who could did it. And, and once again, folks, <laughs> I thought things to be proud of, but in, in, the, in those years, you're actually proud of it. I like as a freshman in college, I, funneled, I was proud that I had funneled that, that three beers. Or I funneled it was. two Guinness with Jameson poured in it at the UCB St. Patrick's day Harold show. <laughs> and I was proud of it. I was probably 25 or 26. <laughs> and I was still proud of it, but I, I, that was the way I was in college too. I'd be so the other, uh, big stupid, uh, rugby team prank we would do would be we would demonstrate the power of teamwork and how you can do something called the hundred man lift and you would get all the rookies to line up head to toe head to toe lying side by side like railroad tracks and link their arms and link their legs and be like you have to hold tight rack rack your core and then so you'd be like someone be in the middle and then on the ends and like one or two in the middle some of the senior players were like now we're going to lift all 12 of you that's up. not possible it you have to just get them to fucking really keep it tight. But and then when you go to lift them up, 
the uh, the rest of the players have been filling up pitchers with water, beer, and then you're like, all right, and you have no defenses because you're completely ramped up. The rest of the team comes rushing in and blasts everyone, <laughs> throws pizza at them and shit, and they're all just stuck on the ground, holding on, going, and, and the, the other four of us who are going to lift them are like hyping it up, like, let's go, boys, teamwork, let's go, Red Foxes, and we're like acting like we're stretching to like really do a huge deadlift. I would have been the guy going, this is impossible. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was really funny. Also, like, I knew what it was my freshman year because someone had told me and I was like I'm just going to get blasted with beer and uh-huh. fucking pizza I'm a rookie I'll do it <laughs> oh how the rugby house my senior year had an attic that they set a beer pong table up but the ceiling was like six and a half seven feet high and steep sloped down mm-hmm, on the sides mm-hmm. like a widow's peak yeah. so it was very tight but you yeah. can if you shot one at a time, you can play beer pong in there. Yeah. But the thing was, it was like these old sheetrock ceilings and shit and walls so you're in there. your head thrown. Constantly. And then we started just doing it on purpose. Like we would like miss a shot and just turn and blast through the sheetrock wall of the house that some kid's mom is renting for him to go to college. Have you met my friend Space Warrior? <laughs> no, the guy I, I call think Space I, Warrior. I think I would remember this. What is where would I have met him? Was he uh, like around UCB at all? Like done, for parties? He's done a couple of improv for humans. He did Sas he came to Sasquatch. Anyway, he went to, he, we went to Amherst together. Uh we had What's this, his name? Space Traveler? <laughs> we call him Space Warrior. Space Warrior, even better. <laughs> and uh he's this just really big dude. In fact, when I got when the f- baseball team wanted to kick my ass, he, he was on the rugby and soccer team and one of the bigger guys in my class. So it was always good to have him on my side <laughs> and standing behind me. Space warrior, you're called to duty. <laughs> Prepare um, for battle. Space and he warrior. was a, a geology major and had a nice big rock hammer. And one day he was like, Hey, you know, this building has an attic. And we're like, what? It was the same kind of thing. We went up through this fucking, what are they called? We push up the Ventilate, ceiling. Like the, the it's like lowered ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Oh. You know, there's like a way to get up into the ceiling through the closet. Oh yeah. There's like a weird little attic hole in the closet. Yeah. yeah. So something we were definitely not supposed to get up into. <laughs> right. And we built stairs up there. It was exactly the space you're describing was up there. And we called it Egypt because we hung all these tapestries and shit and you know it looked like the Middle East or whatever. We called it Egypt because we had slaves built. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this was in a in a college building? This is in a college dorm, not one of those houses. Oh, okay. In fact, if you're at Amherst, I've told people this, it used to be called A dorm. It now has a name, but if you're in the second floor, what used to be A dorm, go up into the ceiling, there has to be remnants of this still there. Right. Oh shit. Because like you said, there was sheetrock and only sheetrock, real heavy cement blocks that 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 space warrior with his geology hammer would start smashing to make more party room. <laughs> he would like <laughs> chipping away like a yeah. fucking ton, like a lemming, yeah, like a mole. <laughs> of those I think there's a load bearing pole. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, it's it's also all that that uh, all that fucking. Not asbestos, but a fucking insulation. insulation. Yeah, which is so dangerous. Yeah, it's just all that nasty shit up there, and we're just partying amongst it. (laughs) You're just like drinking with like visible sheetrock in your glass and shit. Oh, yeah, it's just fucking nasty. It was so much fun at the time because it's like it feels forbidden because we're not supposed to be up there. It's like our secret space. It feels like a clubhouse, which is like the coolest thing. 
was was it you that had a clubhouse in your backyard? Like you had like a little brick fort in your backyard as a kid. And that like, comes from the vandalism story. I I tore down another kid's brick fort. But that was like a thing in for kids, right? To have yeah, like we a little had a wood. stick fort. Oh, okay. I was yeah. that pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was the second stick one. In mud. <laughs> but the rich kid had the brick fort. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about Martha's Vineyard because yes, one time, this is like a, my dream setup is living on the a, in a beach house. So in the people summer. used to get houses on Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. For the summer, like Amherst kids, well, or like Arkansas kids. That's what I was. No, no, no. Oh, not Arkansas kids. Like, well, I was saying Northeast College kids. Oh, yeah. Other people, like a bunch of people, would be living in those houses. Yeah, like like you'd be like you'd have your friends from my friend from Harvard and Connecticut College and whatever. Like, oh yeah, they want they want in on the house. Cool, my two college buddies and your two, you and you. So it's a popular place for people in the Northeast went to college there to go party and then find like a job there for the summer. Exactly. And I got a job working for the Edgartown Yacht Club as a receptionist. Got to meet Walter Cronkite. (laughs) Oh hell yeah! My job was firing off the the cannon at sunset. (laughs) (laughs) Was it? Yeah. (laughs) So ridiculous. Um, but anyway, we had this fucking house and as you can imagine, can you imagine being a rich person on Martha's vineyard with your sweet ass house? And all of a sudden next door, 15 kids pile into a house built for four people for yeah. the summer. There's like You'd three, person, so three people to a bedroom and oh, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're going to party every single night. So we, they're we all on different in, schedules. <laughs> we moved into this house and we broke the, uh, the cisterns. That's what it's called. Is that what it's called? Where, where you have your, your sewage stored underneath your house. Cause it's on an Island. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Um, no, there's a, C-I-S-T, septic tank. Septic tank, right? Yeah. But I think it might uh, be, a cistern might be another name for a container, so it may yeah, work. Yeah, I feel like that was an old Southern word. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so the septic tank was underneath our house, and from flushing the toilet and having so many people in a house not built for that, we wrecked the septic tank, and we'd have parties <laughs> where people are shitting and pissing. And that so shit would like seep out in your was fucking. seeping out into the backyard, and this, our backyard smelled like shit and piss. <laughs> oh, by the end neighbors. of the summer, <laughs> I streaked around. Speaking of pranks, I did a the classics. I was I'd taken a shower. It was like one of those days you get off the beach and you fucking you take a shower and the sun's going down. You feel so good because. You know, you're not going to sweat anymore. The the shower water is evaporating off your skin. And I had the towel around me and just, I felt so good. And my friend was like, whatever. If you, if you run around the neighborhood, I'll give you a beer or whatever the fuck it was. (laughs) And I fucking did it. I fucking ran naked around this. And we're just in a neighborhood, man. (laughs) We're just in a fucking neighborhood. That's fucking awesome. That's like the part of my childhood I missed out on is like that. But I like kind of lived like that with the Jones Beach summer job because yeah, like everyone like everyone was kind of floating around. But like living in a house for like a summer house for a summer sounds fucking My bomb. favorite memory of that house was uh, we we're having this huge, we had many fucking crazy 
parties where it was hundreds of people you don't know. Right. They'd be like, uh, like you would tell everyone in your house worked at different places and they'd be like, walk down the fucking beach. (laughs) Be like party at that house tonight. (laughs) Give your address. (laughs) I mean, we don't own it. You don't give a fucking shit. We would do that at Jones beach too. We would like invite hot girls, be like, we're all going to McKeeves tonight or you should come to the rookie part. Like just walk down the beach and invite groups of girls to party. It was crazy. (laughs) So one time we did that. And we did a lot, but one night was that where it was like, where the 10 people that were running the house, we looked at each other and we're like, this is out of control. Like we've lost control of this party. <laughs> All of a sudden you hear, cops are here, cops are here, cops. And we're like, fuck. And I was like, they don't know who owns this place. And I went and I hid in the closet and we all decided, let's just all hide. So everyone in the, par- in the party is like, knows someone is like, uh, so the cops are like, whose house is this? The cops never found whose house it was. No one. Cause they, cause even people couldn't, we wouldn't fess up. And there was hundreds of people there. <laughs> That's awesome. And they eventually came in the room where I was hiding in the closet and they, I, I can't even remember if they opened the door or not, but I know they went in and left and, <laughs> and I came out and they were gone. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Because the party was still going on. Oh, they like couldn't. They didn't stop the party because yeah. they couldn't find. <laughs> I think they just basically tried to quiet it down or something. <laughs> That's but like no one. It was like they came and no one was in charge. Dude, cops showing up to fucking house parties or field. We used to drink a lot in high school in fields. Like that was the big thing. Yeah, like, I do that. at the football field or at this junior, this like junior high that was like a special needs uh, school. Mm-hmm. That was you know no one was ever there at night and it had like all the places that were important to us had like three exits. Like yeah, that was always the important because of you the see cops coming, you could see the cops come to one and then you take ground. the Creek for the other one. Yeah. You just like get yourself set up defensively like that. You're like, we partied under this bridge a lot. Uh, the I four thirty bridge, little rock listeners. And, uh, they would come down and bust us. Mostly they would just say, go away. But one time we had too much booze down there to like cover up. So we decided to abandon our cars and just go up into the woods. So it was like, and they, and the way it was parked, it wouldn't necessarily, they wouldn't necessarily have known that those cars were, were related to the fire pit that would just been abandoned. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh. so we just ran up into the fucking, we escaped like fucking Hogan's heroes up into the fucking reeds. <laughs> just I like, told another story, I think, here where I where I did get busted. Were you hitting the wood pile with yeah, like dirt yeah, on you? Yeah, that's what I was in Hogan's Heroes then. <laughs> that's one but, of my uh, favorite. The, the, other, the other one, I we did escape that one. This one at the I four thirty bridge, but uh, and then I guess my next house parties would have been in Chicago. We lived in this big blue house on Wrightland and Ashland, and I looked it up on Google like a year ago just to see, I wonder what it looks like. And it's been completely torn down and it's apartment building now, but, but it was uh, a big, it was a big house. Yeah. It was just this big, and it was weird. Cause there were no other houses around it like it. So it was, have you ever seen that? Like there's this kind of a house amongst apartments. Like you'll see it yeah. in New York. Like you're like, how's there still a fucking two story house in Manhattan? <laughs> right. You know, right. Yeah. Like I feel that. like you can see it in my neighborhood too, where it's like building, 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 yeah, weird yeah, yeah, yeah. mansion, building, like how building. Do you <laughs> keep this here. <laughs> Except for this is a piece of shit, not a mansion. Um, <laughs> and it was one of those houses. You read about these houses. When I read like punk biographies and stuff, there's like 
there was the death house or whatever they, they're called. Like where just bands would like, know, like, well, you don't have any place to stay. There's this house on Melrose. Yeah. You know, there's always those like, type those of like houses. crust punk, like lifestyle where it's like 20 dudes live there. F- two guys from this band, three guys from that yeah, band. And it's just, just like a nightmare. Graffiti artists. And like, you it's just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> and lots of parties are at those places though. Cause it, everyone feels like there's nothing to lose here. Right. And that's what our house was like. We had, I had a roommate. How many, yeah, I was going to say how many uh, people were living in the house? I think it was officially like six. And we, and it was one of these houses where we're splitting up the house in the weirdest ways. Like one guy lives in a big closet and mine was like the top hat, the top attic with a tapestry down the middle separating <laughs> right. me from another guy, <laughs> a guy in the basement. Um, but my memory of, oh, and, and this one w- woman we lived with, she was like the sweetest woman in the world, like for real, like this just like like a bird would land on her shoulder type woman. <laughs> and uh, she would, br- like you'd come home and there would be a, this is for real, a 60-year-old junkie in my bathroom shaving. And I'm like, Yvonne, who's in the bathroom right now? And she would like just take people under the, her wing and take care of them. <laughs> so we had X awe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a sweet thing that to hear about. Stole, if she's the, stole my, a lot of my CD collection too, but, it, but yeah. it's, it's a thing that you hear of that is sweet unless it's your roommate. Who's doing yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, I want that to happen in the world, but not well, in my house. One Nimby. time I opened yeah. the door. I'm like, what the fuck? There's a pit bull in there. I'm like, I didn't have to. Avon, I'm sorry, he was lost. We can't have a pit bull roaming around our fucking house. We had a fucking weed plant, which I look back on this. I'm like, what was I fucking? And this is when weed was so illegal. Yeah, especially like growing it is like intent to sell. Like they'll yes. make the case for even one. This plant. was a weed plant, and it's the tallest weed plant I've ever seen because I've never been to a real weed field. Right. Um. I but you've say, been growing yourself lately and they don't get this tall. Got that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but this, this one was like four or five feet tall. And, uh, and it was in our front yard. Like I said, I don't know if you know, Chicago Ashland is a huge street. Uh, I don't know. It, it's like yeah, a, it's like, it's a like Highland. Oh, right. Yeah, it's huge. It's like Melrose <laughs> and Wrightwood's bigger than your street. Uh, uh, so it was like a huge street. <laughs> I, it was amongst some other plants, but I, that's just how carefree. Oh, and it was growing outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why. Front yard <laughs> next to an apple tree. <laughs> and it, it, it was a no effort grow. Cause I remember I just used to throw seeds. Anytime I had seeds, I just throw them in the front yard <laughs> and just hope that this one worked. <laughs> That's awesome. But so stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. But the front yard is almost like if you're a renter, you could be like, I, you know, I like don't know the, what happened <laughs> yeah, out there. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff growing out there. <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't know about those apples either. <laughs> There's like plausible deniability for you in that situation if it came down. But that's so Chicago police just have other shit to worry about than yeah, one one God. pot plant in front of a house. Yeah, I never got hassled by unre. Anytime I ever got hassled by Chicago police, I deserve to be. Unlike Little um, Rock. <laughs> And New York, uh, New York living in the city for like eight years, minimal house parties, not a lot of house parties because it's like, no, well, like if you call UCB 
like that is like sort of a house party, but I consider it that it had the vibe of a house party. Certainly. We had, we had some new year's parties in the early days in particular that when we were all, when we were all the same age and p- more peers and on the same level, it had, and like when you knew every fucking person in the theater. Right, right. It felt more like that versus- When it was a startup <laughs> versus like, yeah. Yeah, versus there's 300 people and and 50 of them just joined Herald team last week. You yeah, know, and you don't know, they are they cool? Are they going to be okay? Right. <laughs> so yeah, I can't, I can't vouch for them. We right. had an ecstasy New Year's party. Um that I quote unquote DJ <laughs> made the playlist. for. <laughs> no, I was DJing. I say quote unquote, because it was told to me later. I, I would say many people of my peer group remember that party because everyone was on ecstasy. Like everyone, people who only occasionally do it, did it that night. It was one of those parties. And I would say I was, I was picking awesome songs that were moving the crowd. So I was succeeding as a DJ, but what I also was doing was moving from song to song very quickly. <laughs> like under yeah. a minute of each yeah. song. <laughs> oh my God. That's a <laughs> I was way in to get into the next song. <laughs> that's the, fun- that was my ecstasy vibe on the turntable. I was just going to say, that's the difference between like a weed DJ and an ecstasy DJ. A weed DJ is like, there's a nine minute version of the yeah. song. Ecstasy DJ is like next baby. Like, next. You guys like that? What about this? <laughs> so I think I was success. I was like, I think every song I put on was like, yeah, this is good. But there was also a feeling of, hey, can we uh, it's getting a little dance stressful. to the last song we like before you move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah it's and like- also like a totally different vibe, like from a disco song to like ACDC or something. <laughs> so it's like undeniable. Like, like yeah, we're all going to fucking... <laughs> But that would be like anxiety inducing after a while. Yeah, it's like it a fucking, I like, think so. I think yeah. I was told that at a certain point. <laughs> Let the songs play out. People are getting stressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should have a house party. Yeah. I've been to a house party but, at your house. I'm not going to. It was No, I know. But the, I, is that even a house party? Because, because once you're an adult, it's just a fucking party. Right, so what's just, the, you know, we've been to parties at, Scott's he has tons of people there but yeah. it doesn't feel like a hat well what's the difference once you're an adult I don't know it's just a part I guess it's the this is how I define it a house party is when if someone shows up that you didn't invite you're not going to get mad right so you someone showed up at yeah <laughs> yeah so we should like, expect it right right exactly it's uh it's an under it's understood yeah Whereas if someone showed party, up to my party, I go, who the fuck is that? Get the fuck out of here. And conversely, if you're invited to a party that isn't a house party, you can't really bring anyone but your sig of. But if you're going to a house party in the way we're talking about it, you could bring four buds from work. You know what I mean? Like as long yeah, as you, yeah, yeah. yeah, you brought drinks and stuff. But like if you were like, I'm having a party at my house, it wouldn't be like, yeah, two guys I'm, who are staying with me out from out of town are coming with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I keep, I keep feeling like I'm dip, I'm starting to dip back into other episodes. Like. Because all my Chicago party stories ended in like fights or vandalism, vandalism or, pranks, yeah. or <laughs> something like that. Because we were always trying to prove ourselves or make make a good story. You yeah, know, you always, or, you always want like 
Dude, remember last week when John, I'll use a fake name of a roommate, when so-and-so put a uh, butter knife in that dude's tires after we argued with him at the diner? It's like, that was really funny. It's like, well, Gabrus tonight topped that with blank. And then someone else is like, well, I'm going to try to fucking on Friday. If you did that on Thursday night, let's get fucking wild. Or you try to like sort of- I shit on this car once. Uh, We're walking down the street, just partying. And uh, it was just this beautiful white, what was it? Was it a Porsche or a BMW? It was a sports car. I think it might've been a Porsche, but it was so, it was the car that they park outside the restaurant. You know how the valets are like, well, this is the nicest car tonight. So we're going to leave it it in front of the restaurant. So it makes our place look good. And we're not going to scratch this guy's car by putting it in some fucking lot somewhere. Right, right, right. And it looked like it had just been clean. Like I said, it was white too. And I was like, oh, this has to be shit on. (laughs) There's only one thing left. So I just crawled up on the hood and I said, and made them, I can't remember who I was with, be lookout. And I fucking just did this perfect fucking Dairy Queen shit. (laughs) Right on the top. Dropped a blizzard on him. Yeah. <laughs> With sprinkles. It was one of those moments, like, I don't regret that moment. A lot of vandalism I could look back. I I, I feel like that was art. That was art. I mean, that one, if I'm the owner of a fancy white car and I walk <laughs> out and there's a turd on the hood, I might laugh. Like, I might think it's, like, it's just like one of those, like, the universe is fucking insane moments, right? Like, at at, at minimum, you got to go, like, how angry can you be if there's just like a perfect smooth turd on your fucking hood? <laughs> we ended up writing a scene called shit of rage where like we made that like a thing. And if I think if folks, you can maybe still find this online. So try Googling shit of rage. <laughs> and there's at least two videos out there. One with me shitting, recreating the shitting on the white car and uh, Ian Roberts shitting on someone's welcome mat. Sharna Halpern's welcome mat. <laughs> That's awesome. Shit of rage. That's a great. <laughs> That's like a, like a 90s action movie where he gets revenge. Like, yeah, you know, one of those. He, wake, he woke up from a coma and his wife and daughter were murdered. Now he shits on the bad guys. <laughs> Finds like a shipment of cocaine and just like pulls his pants down, shits on it. Uh-huh. Ruined the business for you now. It's <laughs> a good action movie. Cause I'm sure action, you must be talking about this on action boys. There's so much, everybody's against guns. It's like, it's, it's how can you have fecal action matter. movies? <laughs> now it's just fecal matter. You can do falling down with just fecal matter. Guy who's constantly trying to refill too. He's like pounding fucking Taco Bell oh, and, so and like funny. fucking, he's like, I'm lactose intolerant. You know, falling down, right? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Let's do a whole rewrite where it's just <laughs> shitting and vomiting. And he's got to keep pissing. himself like full of Yeah. It's bodily. like crank. It's yeah. crank meats. <laughs> crank meats falling down yeah. with a straw. Yeah. I'm sure people That'd would be love. So funny. It would be really funny. Imagine what kind of people would be fine with seeing this in the theater. <laughs> I was describing Gigi Allen's act to some young improvisers a couple of weeks ago and they were like, what? That was a thing? I'm like, yeah, that was a thing. You threw shit and people paid to see it. Yeah, people would go and hope that they got fucking like yeah. some fling shit. It's dangerous. There's an element of danger, which is always exciting. Um, well, Besser, thanks for coming on High and Mighty, dude. dude. This was great. Um, Let's talk about the high and mighty, the high of the high and mighty part. Yeah, so you have... Uh, this is coming out at the end of October, this episode. So yeah. um, your uh, special is dropping shortly. Pot Humor. It's uh, it's an hour I've been doing. You know, you've heard, I, I'm going to send it to you. 
because um, yeah. I want you to hear it because you've you've been backstage. I've seen, I've seen a, lot a lot of chunks of, of it. Yeah, you've been side stage about to go on <laughs> and heard a lot of it because it's been part of my 420 show for years, and I've developed it into this whole pot humor show. It's not all about pot. I talk about eating pussy. That has nothing to do with pot. You, you got me on two of my favorite things so far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pot and eating pussy. <laughs> I said it on the podcast in a plug the other day, and Tony Charlene goes, what, that you never eat it? I'm like, I eat that pussy all the time, Tony. <laughs> it's funny to be like almost overnight. defensive about it. Yeah. I eat my wife. I fucking eat that pussy. Especially like if someone you've, you've been in a couple for a long time in public, yeah. like when I say like, I love eating pussy, like people know I'm referring to Tiffany. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, no there's a whole about. layer. Of, yeah. There's a whole layer of like, now you're picturing it. Cause you know, both parties. Yeah. <laughs> well, I talk, I do talk about it in my, and, and Danielle, my wife was there and I do this whole bit on talking and code about it. And if you're around your child, how do you talk about it? And what phrases should I use instead of, uh, I won't go into my bit too far, but, and then I go, well, let's see what my wife thinks. And then we go to her in the crowd. No one knows she's there until that point. And you audibly hear from the crowd. Oh, like, I can't believe we've been talking about her like this. And now she's here and we're going to see her. So you can see that folks. Uh, that's awesome. And where, and where can people find this? Um, it's, it's Apple, um, for sure. Pre-order now it's, it drops October 29th. Uh, if it's before that, when you're listening now, but it'll be on everything like, uh, Amazon direct TV, uh, video on demand, you know, all those kind of places. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, so Xbox. So all those, seek it's, 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 wherever you get your content from at that point, yeah, but you can pre-order it, it now on iTunes if you want. And please go to mattbesser.com to make it simple. I'll link you to all those places. But uh, just so you know, we we taped it in Portland at this Northwest Cannabis Club. So the whole place is getting high the entire time and they get so fucking baked and I get baked halfway through. And I had the editing of the special reflect the highness of the show. So as the show goes along, the editing gets trippier and trippier. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So get, uh, rent it, buy it, whatever, smoke Pot it and play, humor. And play along. Um, and you're at Matt Besser on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Instagram. I need, I need more followers on that, man. I got, uh, I need more followers. So I get, uh, invited to more of these weed parties like John Gabers. Yeah. We want to get invited to more weed parties. Um, we should mention, we'll shout out um, Space Coyote. Uh, we're smoking that right now, this herb and live resin joint that we hit. Um, <laughs> yeah, fueled, fueled the conversation. Um, Space Coyote. So, uh, tweet, oh, by the way, tweeted us at Matt Besser and at Gabris with the shit you were doing at high school parties and let us know. Uh, what college party rules you had? What'd you bring to other parties? Vandal, you know, crazy party stories. Your quarters, expertise. I yeah. can roll it off the uh, nose easily. <laughs> yeah, I, I had an ear move where I put it up in the ear and knock the back of my head. <laughs> oh, like, I was amazing. <laughs> that reminds me of the Mr. Show sketch when he's like the pool guy. He's just like taking all those crazy. <laughs> Bob's just taking all the wild shots. It's like the Mississippi blood flood, and he's just like just and it's all all insane shit. Um, well, uh, Besser. Thanks for coming out. Check out Pod Humor. Uh, listen to Improv for Humans if you don't already, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode of this podcast, you know about that. Get Pod Humor um, and tweeted us your fucking uh, story shit. Uh, your story shit. Your party shit. I'm high. Goodbye. Bye.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.